Hello, and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. By creating stronger connections with your communication, you'll be able to give your relationship the opportunity to really thrive in a world where so many are barely surviving. In fact, poor communication is cited as the number one reason couples break up and marriages end in divorce. But what if the most effective way to create powerful connections with our loved ones was easier than you thought? In the fourth and final installment of my Better Communication series, I'll be sharing with you the easiest way to master connection in communication by asking powerful questions. We'll be talking about the three most common types of questions used in normal conversations and why there's only one that you should be using if you want to increase your influence with others. So if you've ever wondered why your conversations aren't as impactful as you'd like or have struggled to understand why some conversations are great while others don't seem to connect at all, then listen to today's episode as I teach you how to ask powerful questions. Hello, creators. Hey, it's your host, Jeremy Flagg, welcoming you back to another episode of Create You. Hey, thanks for joining me today on this beautiful February Thursday, the last one of the month. Can you believe it? We're almost already through the second month of 2016. Boy, it's going by fast. I sure hope that uh, this finds you well and well on your way to the best year you've ever had. And I'm hoping that relationships are something that has been improving in your world because I've been talking about them all month long. And I've been, I field more questions about relationships and love than almost any other topic as a life coach, as a relationship coach. And I thought it was really good to spend the whole month of February focused on our relationships because our relationships determine the quality of our lives. And we've been focusing on relationships all month long. So if you've missed any of these episodes, just go back to jeremyflag.com. You'll find them all, all month long. We did a total of eight episodes on relationships and boy have we gotten some good feedback on them they are a great starter set for anyone that's looking to deepen their opportunity to connect with their partner their spouse their loved ones and who is looking to to really ramp up uh, the idea that they can have a relationship that not only survives and lasts but that soars and thrives and is remarkable to talk about and to think about, and that wakes you up in the morning and gets you excited. So I hope that that's what we've been able to accomplish here this month, and I know that I, I've been able to help a lot of people already with these podcasts, and I hope I'm helping you as well. So to give you a little recap, we are in our last of a four-part series today on creating better communication, and we did it in episodes 42, 44, 46, and then today in 48. And in episode 42, we talked about how communication starts before you speak and why the posture of your heart and your mind matter when you're talking with others. In episode 44, we helped you avoid the most common conversation killers so that you don't create any barriers to connecting with whom you're communicating. And then last week in episode 46, we covered why it's so important to shut up and listen. And I revealed to you the three levels of listening and how to operate at a more intentional level in all your interactions so that you increase the influence you have 
with those you're speaking with. And then today, we're going to finish our four-part communication series with Class 104, Learning How to Ask Powerful Questions. Ask Powerful Questions. That's how we're going to end today. And boy, we're going to end with a bang. This is the real juice, my friends. This is where you can really gain some traction and learn how to master the art of connection in your relationships. And like I told you before, I'm a firm believer that the quality of your life is indicated by the quality of your relationships and that most relationships do not suffer from a lack of love. They do not suffer from a lack of love, but they do suffer from a lack of skill. And communication is a skill, and it's a skill that everyone can and should learn if they want to have successful relationships in their marriages, in their families, in their friendships, and in their careers. And when you gain confidence in your ability to create a strong connection with anyone, then you'll be able to influence a better outcome for everyone. Now, at the start of this series, I told you that I was doing this and I was motivated to do it because poor communication has been cited as the number one reason that couples break up and that marriages end in divorce. And poor communication is like a poison. It's like a toxin that just gets inside of your, your, your marriage and in your relationships and it kills your intimacy and it messes with your ability to relate to each other and matters of finance and parenting and even can uh, you know lessen the quality of your physical health by you know releasing rotten uh, chemicals into your bloodstream and just making you feel awful in general. And with so much on the line, it's time to raise the standards for communication in our relationships and learn again how to connect with the hearts of those that we love the most. Because remember, relationships never suffer from a lack of love, but they do suffer from a lack of skill. Communication at its core is simply the ability to exchange information between individuals or groups. It's a skill that we can and should master. But the quality of the exchange of that information, the quality of our communication varies greatly depending on the skills that we possess and that we've been trained to use. And today we're going to be talking about the easiest way to master connection in your communication, and that's by asking powerful questions. Now, back in our second lesson, I talked about how there's really only two ways to communicate to others. There's really only two ways to communicate to others, and that's through a comment or through a question. And then I also went on to say that there's no quicker way to shut down a conversation than by giving unsolicited advice. I mean, think about it. Which one would you prefer? A question that helps you access the answers that you already have within you or some advice about how you should be doing things that you didn't even ask for. It's a no-brainer, right? You would much rather have your friends and your loved ones ask you those questions, the powerful ones. Now, now sometimes, look, sometimes we really do want advice. But when we want it and we're asking for advice, then by definition, it's no longer unsolicited, right? But it's that unsolicited advice that we get when we're just pondering something out loud or we're having a casual conversation and then someone decides to offer their opinion by commenting instead of asking a question. You know, even when I'm, I'm a coach, I'm hired to help people, you know, achieve higher performance and break through to better results in their lives and in their careers and in their relationships. 
and people hire me and pay me to help them get there, and I have an explicitly given authority and uh, permission to give advice, and I don't. I don't. I ask powerful questions instead because what we really want, what we really want at the core of communication and what we really want from the people around us that we look up to and that we admire is to feel empowered. We want to feel empowered to get beyond whatever moment has us feeling stuck and stressed, and we want to start feeling calm and in control of the situation. And powerful questions have a way of opening up our hearts and helping us access our best. So when someone asks us powerful questions in conversations, we appreciate them more and we esteem them as as wise and influential and supportive and encouraging to us. And we allow them to lead us. And this is what's most important. And this is why it matters so greatly that you learn this skill to ask powerful questions. Well-timed, powerful questions cause people to think for themselves. They cause people to think on their own and to own their answers, to own everything that they decide to do and the actions that they decide to take. And when people think on their own and they think of their own answers to things, then they learn more and they receive more. And then, you know, they actually blame it on the person in the room who asked them the powerful question, which is so great, (laughs) right? But... Alas, not every question is a powerful one, wouldn't you agree? And sometimes questions kind of get in the way, and many questions are just comments masquerading as questions. (laughs) They're just comments in disguise. And in my work, I've identified three main types of questions that are commonly used in everyday conversations. I'm going to lead you through them today, and then we're going to talk about why we need to lean towards one specific type to be the most powerful in our conversations. So the first types of questions that you're going to hear pretty often in conversations are open questions. The second type are going to be closed questions, and the third type are going to be leading questions. So I'd like to give you some further understanding on each one of these categories by giving you some examples and then sharing with you a bit more about what all the definitions of these categories are. So the first types of questions that we see most commonly in conversations are open questions. So open questions are exactly what you imagine that they are. They are opening doors to better conversations. It's simple as that. You're opening the door to something greater when you ask an open question. Open questions, they deepen discussions and they strengthen connections. And open questions cannot be answered with just a yes or a no. So you can't ask a question that can be answered with just a yes or a no. And open questions have something specific built into them that's very fascinating And it's this, and it's your skill to develop when you're asking open questions, and it's this. They allow the silence in the conversations to do the heavy lifting. They allow the silence to do the heavy lifting. It's one of the toughest things to learn as a coach, and I like passing this skill on to my clients and to you who are following me today on the podcast because... Uh, This skill is a fascinating one. When you find the ability within you to just be quiet long enough after you ask an open-ended question, 
you you might hear thirty seconds. Some some conversations, coaching conversations I've had with people, I've asked such powerful questions. I've had up to two minutes of complete silence, and I won't break it. I will not break the silence because I don't want to interrupt the cogs turning in their systems. I don't want to interrupt their thinking pattern. I don't want to interrupt their opportunity to break through because that's what silence does. It gives us an opportunity to think deeply about what it is that we're that's in front of us and how we can affect change in the situation that we're having maybe issues with or problems with. So let me give you a couple of examples to illustrate open questions. So example number one, let's say I'm uh, with a friend uh, and we are chatting about what an awesome time he had at an event that he attended uh, in the last month. And he's just telling me all about how cool it was, how long it was, you know, what some of the topics that he heard, uh, dis- you know, that he heard discussed and uh, some of the speakers that were there. I mean, he really got juiced at this event and he's telling me all about it. And now as an open-ended question, I might ask him this. So what was significant to you about this experience? Do you catch that? I am hitching a ride on his excitement, and I'm asking him a very open-ended question. I'm saying, hey, what was important to you? What was significant to you about this experience? Because I want to keep the conversation flowing in the direction of him unpacking that experience and telling me more and more about what he learned so that he can also process what he learned, and it would help him in the long run to know exactly what he got out of this experience. Um, Another example would be, uh, this would be listening to my wife, right? As as we do, right? We listen to our spouses, our loved ones, our significant others talk about a difficult work situation. Now, I'm sure this hasn't happened to anyone, so you know maybe it's just me, right? But I might listen to my wife talk about a difficult situation she's having at work and let her blow off the steam and tell me what's going on. And it has a lot of moving parts and a lot of names that I might not remember. And I can see that she's starting to get stressed about the outcome of this whole situation. Now, I can ruin this conversation, right? I'm going to show you. <laughs> I mean, there are two other types of questions that I could ask that would ruin this conversation. And we're going to talk. We're going to cover them in a second. And I'm sure many of you have encountered these types of situations before. But an open question would help further the conversation and give her the opportunity to identify and focus on some of the things that she can do to help make things better. So an opening question that I might ask in that situation would be, what opportunities can you see in your situation? He's like, honey, I hear everything that's going on. And man, there's just a lot of moving parts. It sounds like a really big deal. And I just kind of wonder... What kind of opportunities are you seeing? What opportunities can you see right now in this situation? Because that way, when I ask that question, then I'm helping her to focus on what she can create instead of how she can react. And I'm allowing her to find her own answers instead of rushing, like husbands do, to give their wives advice, right? She doesn't need to be fixed, gentlemen. She just wants us to listen and maybe ask a powerful question that helps her access her own answers. So that's how open questions work. But there's two other types of questions, and these are probably more commonly used in normal everyday conversations, and that's why they're not so powerful. So let's talk about them. If you have an open question, then you can also have a closed question. 
right? And closed questions do exactly what they sound like they do. They close conversations. Open questions open doors to better conversations and deeper ones. Closed questions close the conversation. They shut down further communication. They can be answered with just a yes or a no response from the other person. And they require us often to make assumptions about the situation with which we are communicating. And oftentimes, closed questions can be like pouring cold water on a hot fire. Let me give you some examples. Uh, Example number one would be, let's say I'm talking with a married man. And he's just made a very life-changing and difficult decision that directly affects his family. And he's telling me all about it. But I'm suspecting through his behavior and what he has not said and what he has not shared with me and the way he's anxious about this decision and from what I know of him in his past, that he has not involved his wife in this big decision. So I give you all that information because what I ask next is very important. So a closed question that I might ask that, by the way, would pour hot, excuse me, pour cold water on this opportunity for a hot fire would be this. Hey, did you run this by your wife first? (laughs) Did you you catch that question? Uh, Basically, the assumption in my question is what? You should have you should have run this by your wife. (laughs) <laughs> you should have said that you should have talked to her first. And of course, he can answer it with just a yes or a no. But what's it going to do? Is it going to cause him to open up a new door to the conversation? Probably not. He's probably just going to answer with whatever whatever response he has. And he's going to realize that I am not the guy to talk to him about this because I am too judgmental about the situation because that's what it feels like when you ask a closed question sometimes it feels like you've already passed judgment on the other person you've lost the ability to influence but if i hear this guy talking about this difficult decision and i do suspect he hasn't talked to his wife i might ask an open question instead to keep the conversation going and hopefully go in a great direction and i might ask this i might say hey what was your wife's input in this decision What did your wife have to say about this whole thing? I might say that. And then I've got a good conversation opener on my hands. And it has the opportunity for him to learn something greater than what I would be able to say by using a judgmental closed yes or no question. Are you catching these examples? I hope so. I'm going to give you another one. What if um, I use a closed question when I'm talking with my child? So let's say I'm talking with my child and... They've just quit um, playing an activity that they previously enjoyed. In other words, like they've spent, you know, two and a half years playing soccer and they really liked it. And now they've quit and they don't want to do it anymore. And they've just come home from quitting and, and, and hanging up their soccer cleats and they don't want to do it anymore. And they used to really enjoy it, and now they don't anymore, and they decided to stop. And you kind of come into this conversation knowing all this, and you want to find out what's going on, right? But you assume it's because they met a challenge uh, during their time playing soccer that they couldn't meet, and uh, they didn't want to move on. So you come in, and you ask this question. Hey, did you quit because you were afraid? Can you hear all the assumptions? 
Lots of assumptions in that question. I'm assuming that what's motivating them to stop playing is fear, and I'm giving them an opportunity to attach themselves to this new story by simply answering yes to my question. And then when they answer yes to my question, I might ask them another closed question that gives them another opportunity to say yes and gives them an even larger story to climb into and possibly have difficulty climbing out of because the most influential people in their lives are believing it to be true about them. Wow, a lot can happen in a, cl- in a, in a quick conversation, can't it? So we got to be intentional about our communication. So what would happen if instead of rushing to this conclusion about my child that I asked them this instead, I said, hey, what led you to make this decision? Or, you know, you know what, are, what are the things that went into you, you know, stopping playing soccer, uh, you know, to which I'm going to engage them. I'm going to engage them with this larger question. I'm going to engage them in a greater discussion. I'm going to open a door for them, Right to something bigger that might be going on inside them. I might even get a peek into their intimate inner world, and I might even get an opportunity to find out that I share something in common with what they're dealing with and that you know I might be able to even share a story with them about myself and how we're just really not all that different. Do you see how much more powerful an open question can become in every single conversation? I certainly hope you do because closed questions have their place. I mean, there are there are certainly moments when we need to ask a question that has a yes or no answer, but open questions are the preferred form of powerful communication. All right, so we've covered open questions. We've covered closed questions. Now we want to cover leading questions, the third most common type of question you'll hear in a normal conversation. Leading questions are agenda-driven questions. That means that the person asking the question has a definite outcome that they want to achieve by asking it, and it's really not a question at all. It's really just advice with a question mark. (laughs) Now, I'm sure you've never encountered anyone, or you've probably never done it yourself, right, asked a leading question in a conversation. So I'll give you a couple of examples to help you understand what this sounds like, all right? How about an example of when you're talking with your friend about how unhappy and miserable she is with work and how she just doesn't like the people that she works with and how she doesn't get paid enough and she's been there for, you know, two years and she hasn't gotten a raise and things are just piling up in the wrong direction and she really is unhappy and she doesn't know what to do next. And then you say, hey, have you thought about talking with your boss? Which translates into what? What's the real translation of that question that you just asked? Hey, talk with your boss, right? Because that's the advice you're actually giving. You just gave it in the form of a question. Do you see how that worked? You really just inserted your opinion by asking a question. By leading your friend down this path, you removed other options that might have existed that you didn't know about because you didn't ask the open question. You made the assumption and you decided that you needed to give them your opinion by asking them the question. But what if you asked an open question? What if you went back and you asked an open question that empowered them to find their own answers in this situation? And instead of saying, hey, have you thought about talking with your boss? You might have said, 
hey, what options have you considered here? Boom. I'm giving them, I'm giving my close friend an opportunity to discover within themselves the options that are in front of them. Maybe they don't have talking to their boss as an option. Maybe they've already done that and it hasn't resulted in what they wanted. You know, maybe there's options that you have no idea about that they've been sitting on uh, that they need to take. And you, you made the assumption that talking to the boss was the way to go. And when you did that, they felt it. And by the way, leading questions can also shut down conversations because when you feel someone has an agenda on the other side of the conversation, you're likely to stop talking or sharing with them anything about your inner world because you feel as though they're trying to steer you in the direction that they want you to go. And no one likes being controlled and no one likes being told what to do. Am I right? So that's the first example of a leading question, right? Agenda-driven advice in the form of a question. Let's try another example. How about uh, when you're talking with your sibling, uh, maybe your brother or your sister about a project that they've been working on for years, a huge project that's consumed their life. It's a huge dream of theirs. They've been working on it for years, and it's just not going very well. It just it never really started off that great. It never really found its peak. It's really just kind of been in the valley for years. And they still somehow find excitement in it, and you just can't see the point of it. And you love them too much not to say something, right? You want to just, you know, broadcast it to them. Hey, buddy, you might want to stop this, right? So so what you say is this. You, you say, hey, what if you just chalk this one up to experience and, and just start it over? <laughs> Do you catch that? What's the translation of the advice that I'm actually saying, right? What's, what's the advice I'm actually giving them? It's what? Hey, start over. This isn't working. <laughs> right? That's really what I have couched into this leading question. What if you just chalked this one up to experience and started over, buddy? Well, what I'm really saying is, hey, dude, cut the crap, start over, right? Instead, you could offer them an open door. You could ask an open question. And it could sound something like this. Well, what are you learning from this whole experience? So that you can then open the door to finding out what it is that continues to motivate them and drive them to keep going in the face of something that doesn't look like it's working or succeeding at all in your eyes. Because it's not your eyes that matter. It's theirs and it's their experience and it's their, their experience with the life that they're living that they want you to share with them. And that's why they've opened up their world and talked to you about it. So as you've probably already figured out by now, I mean, look, we talked about what? Open questions, closed questions, and leading questions. Out of all three of these questions, you've probably figured out that open questions are the powerful ones. They are the most powerful ones. And the good news is they're really easy to master. You know what I've found? There's a couple tricks i found for you that I'll, I'll be happy to share with you here. Is that most powerful questions... They help focus the other person on their next best steps to take, their next best steps to take, and they empower them to focus on their own resourcefulness. That is key because you want the, what you want to do with a powerful question is awaken them to the idea that there's something more that they're not seeing or they're not focusing on that they're not paying attention to, but that they can readily accomplish and affect change with right away. 
So uh, by using what to start your questions, you're going to have much more powerful outcomes. So I, I would advise you to use what at the beginning of a, of a question or in what ways at the beginning of a question to start them uh, focusing that conversation on what can be done now. Because when you ask how, when you ask a how question, that focuses the conversation on the process of things. How did you get here? That focuses them on the past, the process that got them here. Uh, how does this work? Again, focusing them on the process. I need to understand how this all goes. That's only if you're trying to give advice. Remember, if you're going to ask powerful questions, you don't need to consult with your friend. You just need to awaken in them the answers that are already there. And then a why question can sidetrack any conversation into the realm of assumption. Because in why, what we're really asking for is motivations. We're asking for things that we might not know anything about or have any knowledge of. Unless we're asking about why for ourselves. And even then, it gets us into a very deep spiritual conversation that we don't likely spin out of very easily. And we definitely don't bring any action steps out of. So remember to start your questions with what and in what ways if you want to keep them very powerful and very focused on helping the people that you're talking to push forward and break through. So, wow, that was a lot of information. I hope you really enjoyed it today. And I want to challenge you with something. I want to challenge you with something quite easy to do, all right? Here's your challenge. I want you to try this out. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that you're having a conversation with your spouse or your significant other, and if you're not married, then, then one of your closest friends, and I want you to imagine that they're telling you all about a problem they're having with someone that they work with who's just not doing what they're supposed to, and because this coworker is not doing what they're supposed to, your, you know, your spouse, your partner, your friend feels like they have to pick up the slack that they have to take on their coworkers' abandoned responsibilities so that the ship doesn't, you know, go down. And you're hearing them be upset and unhappy and miserable in this moment and share with you what's going on and how it's frustrating them. And now I want you to imagine yourself, excuse me, imagine yourself asking them this powerful question. What powerful question could you ask them in this moment? to open doors for your conversation to go to more empowering places. What powerful question are you going to ask them that's going to help unlock the secret to where they really need to go and help them be more effective in this moment? What powerful question are you going to ask them? Hey, head on over to the comment section at jeremyflag.com slash episode 48 and share that powerful question with me in the comments. I would love to see what you would ask that friend. Because the truth is, you just need a little practice on asking powerful questions. And you're going to get really, really good at it. And you're going to see quickly how easily and it is to, to create this connection that's so strong between you and another person when you ask these questions that you're never going to want to go back. You're never going to want to go back to closed questions unless you have to, and you're never going to want to go back to leading questions because that's just you driving your opinions into the conversation. And you wouldn't want that for yourself, would you? You wouldn't want someone telling you what to do, so why is it okay for you to do that to others? It isn't. But what is okay and what is welcome in almost every single conversation is for you to open up doors to new places by asking open-ended, powerful 
questions. Well, that's going to be a wrap for our communication series. We covered four lessons, and I certainly hope you enjoyed this deep dive into certainly what is one of the most common problems uh, to solve in any relationship. And if you missed any of these four lessons, you can find them on my website, jeremyflag.com, and listen to them at any time. I encourage you to, and I hope you've enjoyed each and every one of them. Hey, thanks for listening, and if you liked this episode, then be sure to share it with all your friends on social media, and please consider just taking 30 seconds of your time to rate and review the show in iTunes. Tell everyone you know about how much you loved it, and more people will get the opportunity to have the edge in their relationships and in their lives that you have just been given. So as we close this episode, I'm going to leave you with a great quote from French writer Voltaire, who said this, Judge a man by his questions rather than his answers. I couldn't agree more. What a great way to end this series. Remember, the easiest and most effective way to master connection in your communication is to ask powerful questions. Have a breakthrough day, my friends, and I will talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. And don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag CreateU. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on CreateU and be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be back with another life-changing episode. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every show. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Flagg. Reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you. <laughs>